Hey everybody, it's Massey here with Self-Evident Ministry and Self-Evident Podcast. I am stoked to be with you tonight because we are going to be talking about some different things that need to be discussed. And one of the things we're going to be discussing is how we operate out of a place of freedom. We don't operate to be free. And so I'm going to liken this to two different sites, the natural first and also the spiritual. And, it, and I was thinking about this because I'm probably going to preach on this at church eventually here. And, and I'm just kind of giving a little bit of a, a, a teaser, kind of a precursor. Uh, and, and I'm going to start off with the natural for a little bit. Um, we just celebrated a day called Memorial Day. And some people still get that confused with, you know, Veterans Day. And, and that, that the idea is that men and women sacrifice their lives for this thing called freedom. Not because we were fighting for freedom, but because we saw people that were oppressed and we went out there to liberate them because we are free here. We want to see people free uh, out in the, in, in the public and in the open. And so kind of bear with me here as we kind of go through this and, and do a bunch of different quotes and things like that. So I'm excited again. Why don't you guys uh, comment down below if you guys uh, have some things to say. I'll be totally glad to, to answer as many questions as I can, but we're going to be rocking here. So we just celebrated Memorial Day. And what I want to get across is we're free. And one of the reasons that we fight so hard in America is because when people try to oppress you, I have a duty before God to stand up against those people because I, my freedom doesn't come from them. My freedom comes from God. And so here's a good example. In Galatians 5.1, I'm just going to start off with scripture first and we'll go into the natural, okay? It says this, for freedom Christ has set us free. Listen to what he says, stand firm therefore. Stand firm in what? If you guys read Peter, he talks about that we stand firm in the grace of Christ. The grace that sets me free. If you know anything about Titus 2, it talks about grace empowers me to overcome sin. My job is to stand firm in the freedom and the liberty that I have been given. Okay? Why is it foreign when someone tries to usurp our freedom in America and I stand for it in the natural? Why is that wrong? Or why is that rebellious? Or why do some people, and I've had many Christians tell me this, you know, you can't be a Christian and fight for freedom. You know, that's politics. It's not. God gave me the freedom to be free. To go preach the gospel. Why do you think the Bill of Rights was written? It was because these were rights intended not to be touched by government. Yes, that includes your firearms. Yes, that includes uh, uh, unreasonable searches and seizures. Yes, that includes the freedom to worship God in your conscience and to, to have freedom of speech and the right to peaceably assemble. All these things. But we had this day where we just celebrated Memorial Day and we say thank you to them. But how are we thanking them if we're not standing for the rights that God gave me and for what they died for? Do you guys, you guys hear what I'm talking about? When I look at Christianity, it's the same thing. And I, why I'm bringing up Christianity is because the founders did the same thing. So it says here, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. If you know that you're free in Christ and you operate out of a new freedom, you don't want to go back to the things that first entangled you in the world. If you read, uh, I, I believe it's, uh, what was it, Hebrews or, or Romans, where it says that, um, no, no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. If I'm a good soldier of Christ, I press on. I don't entangle myself with the affairs of this life to put myself back into bondage because I live free. I'm not a soldier. I am not of my own. I'm bought with a price. If you look at, even in the military, when you look at like the army and things like that, when you first enlist, you're enlisted and then you become United States government property for four years or whatever, how long you signed up for. It's the same thing in the spiritual I'm not my own anymore. I don't operate out of my own desires and flesh anymore. The Spirit of God transforms me so that I operate out of the Spirit. And if you read Romans 8, it says that the carnal mind is an enemy of God. 
That if I'm led of the Spirit of God, I am a son of God, and the Spirit of God would not lead me to do and go back into bondage. The Spirit of God wants me to be free. Because like the Scripture says, to whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, in 2 Corinthians, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If the Spirit of God is within us, especially in America, we are free to do what our conscience tells us to do. What, our, what the Spirit of God dictates, right? In America, we are born with something called life, liberty, and property, or life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are the three basic fundamental rights that back up the Bill of Rights. The things that you're free with. And so I don't operate because I want more of that freedom. I operate and do what I do because I am free and I'm tired of people telling us that we can't be free. I mean, imagine how we get mad about religious people and, and the spirit of religion and all these things in churches. And they try to entangle you and say, well, if you don't dress like this, if you don't do this, if you don't look like that, if, if you worship like this, that's not liberty anymore. Now they're putting on man-made religion, man-made rules. And it's the same thing here in America. Do you ever notice that the more people uh, want to be free, the more little laws they create? I believe it was G.K. Chesterton that said this. He said, if you will not submit to God's Ten Commandments, you will eventually submit to man's 10,000. And how true it is. And I want to say this. This is actually Benjamin Franklin. He said, freedom is not a gift bestowed upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of God. Freedom is given to us by the laws of God. He said that. Benjamin Franklin, the supposed deist, he's the one who said that. Listen to this. Uh, Thomas Jefferson said, The policy of American government is to leave its citizens free. To leave them free. Not to create them free. The policy of the American government is to keep our citizens free. Neither restraining them nor aiding them in their pursuits. You saw what just happened here with a, with a virus and where people, uh, you saw a government shut down businesses. You saw them shut down churches. You saw where people literally submitted to what government said. Here, it said it right here. The, the, the entire policy of American government is to leave its citizens free, neither restraining them nor aiding them in their pursuits. Now, you're talking to founders who just got through smallpox at the time when they were writing these delineations. These things were written during pandemics, during a war. If they wanted government to be that strong, I promise you they would have written something like that in its provisions. The more free people are, the more they can choose. And you know what? Nine, I, I bet you any money, aside from one or two fringe things, we're going to talk about this in a minute, what happened in Minneapolis, right? Aside from fringe people that do what they do, you can't uh, destroy 90% of the people, their rights, because of 10% of the population. You prosecute the 10% of the population to keep the 90% of the people free. And I believe it was in Ecclesiastes 8, he said this. This is what he said. He said, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore evil is set in the hearts of men to do it. You know why we continuously see evil? is because we don't prosecute. We're not going against it speedily. We're not coming against these things. And you know what? This starts with us first. This starts with us. Like tonight, we had a church service, and we were talking about repentance. And uh, we had the opportunity to go up to the altar and say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to lay everything down at your feet again. We sang this wonderful song where it talks about that, that I, I'm tired of going through the motions I don't want anything from you, Lord, because you don't owe me anything. I just want you. I just want you. And in the same way, liberty is that simple. I just want to be free. I don't need anything from a government. I don't need anything from the people. I need everything from God. And if I get it from God, he's going to tell me to love my neighbor as myself. And I operate in that freedom. And no government can tell me how to operate in freedom. It's the same thing in the spirit. No church can dictate how I worship God unless it's divisive and it's cruel. That's not worship anymore. Again, now you're just a, a jerk, right? But this is why we're, we're talking about this because I don't call, call out government 
or, or the States. I don't do any of this stuff because I want to be free. I do it because I've tasted freedom and I want to maintain freedom. And I want to make sure freedom is there for my kids. And I don't want a man or 535 members of Congress and Senate. I don't want a president and I don't want a Supreme Court telling me that I can't do certain things when it's my right to do it. I find it funny, you know, I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit. We saw what just happened in Minneapolis. We saw the cruel beating and the cruel treatment of a man who died in the hands of police officers. You saw the video. It was five minutes of this dude's knee on, on this guy's back in the back of his neck where he's saying, I can't breathe. And that man should be, they're fired now, but they should be prosecuted. I mean, especially to those that sat and did nothing. Okay, let's get real here. And, and, and we should be talking about this. We should be elaborating on this. And many Christians are coming out and saying, man, why, why you know, we, we got to stop racism. We got to stop all these things. I'm not God here. I don't know what the motives were to stop that. What I see is power hungry people who just love power. Okay. Whether that's racist motivated driven or just hatred against uh, freedom in general. A lot of people want power. That's what they just love a badge and they love power. Okay. And there's some corrupt men out there, especially wearing a uniform. There's corrupt men and women out there that just are. But I can't discount an entire police force because of a few bad apples. Just like you don't enslave 90% of the people for 10% of the bad, right? We prosecute and go after those, and then that creates liberty because evil will not be tolerated in our land anymore. Evil will not be tolerated in the land. When you realize the penalty of sin that was against you, when you realize that it was nothing but hell and, 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 and uh, eternal separation from God that you deserve, you don't want to touch that anymore because of what Christ did for you. I don't want to go to bondage because I saw what the men and women of America fought and died for. And I don't want to touch that stuff anymore. Any bondage. I don't want to be not free. I want to be free and honor those who fought and went before us. And it was John Adams that said this. He said, posterity, you will never know what it costs the present generation to preserve your freedom. He said, I hope you make good use of it because if you don't, I'll repent in heaven that I took half the pains to preserve it. In the same manner, I look at Christ. And yes, his kindness leads me to repentance. But you got to wonder sometimes, and this is really where I question myself a lot. And, and, and I'm looking at, man, his kindness leads me to repentance. And, and sometimes I'm like, Lord, you're so merciful to me. I just want to be at your feet to be free all the time, to have a renewed conscience all the time, that where my mind is renewed day by day by the washing of the water of the word. I can't maintain freedom and liberty if I'm not educated in America, if I'm not educated in what rights and, 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 and uh, uh, liberties are, right? And if you think about this, this is Fisher Ames. He said this, our liberty depends. He was the framer of the First Amendment, Fisher Ames. He said, our liberty depends on our education, our laws, and habits. It is founded on the morals and religion whose authority reigns in the heart and on the influence of all these pro uh, produce, uh, I'm sorry, on all the, and on the influence all these produce on public opinion before that opinion governor's rule. If you think about it, what he's saying is religion restrains me internally and the, the habits that we produce, the laws that we make in our education tend towards liberty. You hear that? Not towards oppression. It tends towards liberty. And this is why we need to talk about it. When you're uneducated, you don't really know what your rights are. That's why I think a lot of people shut down uh, during this time. A lot of businesses shut down. And then there was people standing up saying enough's enough. Right. And you saw the barbers stand up and you saw the hair salon people stand up. You saw restaurants standing up and saying, nope, I'm done with this now because God gave me the right to open and have my business, not a government. Right. Here's what Charles uh, Carroll, signer of the Declaration, said this. He said, without morals, a republic cannot subsist any length of time. 
They therefore who are decrying the Christian religion, whose morality is so sublime and pure, and which denounces against every wicked eternal misery, and which ensured to the good of eternal happiness, are undermining the solid foundation of morals, the best security for the duration of free governments. Do you realize how important it is to have the gospel of Jesus Christ in your heart, number one? Number two, that you operate out of the gospel of freedom and liberty and the kingdom? When you operate out of that, number three, then you can translate it to other people and go create disciples, right, of all nations. And you can tell them about this liberty in Jesus Christ. And then when you start to adopt the principle of liberty in your mind and in your soul, you see oppression and wickedness happen all over the place. And I look at a bunch of kids, a bunch of people who've, who, who, who we, we see their lives lost. We see uh, th their lives lost by what, no matter what it is, abortion or murder, whatever, whatever's going on. Because they weren't instructed in the fact that God gives me liberty. And if we don't get that, and I drive this point home so much. Because when you realize God gave it to you, all you want to do is protect it, maintain it, and defend it. Paul even said, I'm set for the defense of the gospel. He was set for the defense of freedom. He wasn't set to make people, he wasn't set for, to, to find freedom for himself. It is for this reason, it says in Galatians, that Christ set us free. Don't be entangled again with the yokes of bondage, right? If you look at this next scripture, it says this in 1 Peter 2. It says, live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Did you hear what it just said? If you read it in its context, read it slow. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. What, is, what he's saying, what, what, what Peter's saying here is, if you're using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, you're not a servant of God. If you're covering up evil, you can't be. It says right here, if I'm living as a servant of God, I'm going to live as a free man. And out of that freedom and liberty produces joy and happiness. That's how we should be portraying liberty and freedom here in America. And I don't know if there's any quotes going on, but I'm just kind of... It's a heart condition in America. Need to turn back to Christ. Amen. That's why we preach the gospel. Amen. Liberty is not a right. Oh, I'm sorry. Liberty is a right, not a privilege. Amen. I like that. Um, if you read, uh, here, here's, a, here's a couple more scriptures. What happens when someone doesn't operate in freedom? We have something called peaceful protests, correct? When you see a government come against its people, we have the right in the First Amendment. And it, it says that we have the right to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress grievances. What that means is I'm going to go humbly invoke my rights to the government and say, no, you're stepping and trampling on my rights. That was supposed to be protected. One well, scripture, it actually talks about when you see your brother not operate in freedom. It says this in, in uh, uh, where did I have that? I just lost it, guys. I'm so sorry. Oh, here it is. 2 Timothy 3.16. It says this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And look what it says after that. That the man of God might be perfect or perfected. Truly furnished unto all good works. Scripture was there to reprove because we are to reprove ourselves. And if you see your brother get out of line and he's he's got he's, he's had an offense, the Bible actually says, go to them in private. And if they listen to you and they hear you, you've gained a brother, right? So when we see oppression in the land, when we see people trying to oppress others, we go out there in liberty, in Christian liberty first in, in, in Scripture, and we say, you know what? My brother's acting out of sync. He's not acting in the will of God. My job is to go over there in love, in love, not out of being a jerk, right, in love, just like I don't understand why a lot of conservatives will, will get on social media and call liberals idiots, 
or stupid or all these things. That doesn't make any sense to me. You're not going to win them by calling them idiots or stupid, right? That's unscriptural. You don't do that. You're supposed to use your tongue that's full of grace seasoned with salt, the Bible says. Full of grace seasoned with salt. That your conversation may be pure to those that are without, the Bible says. That your conversation is pure among the Gentiles, the Bible says. You got to be careful how you address people that don't agree with you. And typically I find that when people have to make fun of other people, it's because you're not educated yourself enough to defend your own point. And then emotions come in and you start to destroy your, your enemy. And it was William Ralph Ingay, I believe it was, was it him? That basically said the enemies of freedom never argue or debate. They shout or they shoot. You don't need to shout and shoot. That's not the purpose here. The purpose is to convert them to Christ. And so we have to be careful how we address the world. You know what? If you're truly free and strength is found in Christ, you don't need to defend him with rude words or force. Truth stands on its own. William Cullen Bryant once said, truth crushed to earth will rise again. So be careful how you address those that are without. Because that is a dangerous place to be if all we're doing is slamming the opposition because they don't agree with you. Not the way to practice the gospel, folks. We have to practice it in love and in humility, okay? Um, and why don't we think we are free? Listen to John Adams. He said this. If men through fear, fraud, or mistake should in terms renounce and give up any essential natural right, the eternal law of reason and the great end of society would absolutely vacate such renunciation. The right to freedom being a gift of God Almighty, it is not in the power of men to alienate this gift and voluntarily become a slave. Did you hear that? This is John. He said this in 1772. This was before the Declaration of Independence. Listen to this. He said, the right to freedom being the gift of Almighty God, it is not in the power of man to alienate this gift. Man doesn't have the authority to alienate the gift of freedom from God. Listen to this. These guys were preachers, man. If you listen to some of these quotes, these guys were ministering the gospel here. These were preachers of the gospel. It said, and voluntarily become a slave. It's not on us to do that. And it's not on government to take it from you. I hammer this point so much. Because if God gave it to you, don't you think he'd give you the strength to defend it? If God has given you freedom in the spiritual, don't you think he'd give you the power to defend yourself against the wiles of the enemy? That you would be sharpened, you'd, the, the word of God would be quick in your life, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? That you'd be given the power and you'd be, what did he say, uh, a greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? He said, I've overcome the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. If he gives us that power, then we can walk in that power, it's the same thing in the natural. You know why I defend liberty? Because I want all men to be free. It does me no good to be free spiritually if I'm not free naturally. That's in the entire premise of this nation. Now, some will debate you and say we were founded on slavery and all these things. Men had slaves. There's no question about it. People had slaves. There's no question about it. And you know what? It was evil, cruel, and wrong. And you know what? We learn from those things. Does racism still exist? Of course. Of course it does. You think hatred's going to leave? Hatred exists, okay? We don't live in a utopia. We live in a fallen world, folks. And you got to understand that these things are going to happen. That, you know, did you know that there's hatred towards Christians too? And it, it, for some reason, that doesn't get brought up. It doesn't get brought up that there's hatred against Christians all over the world. That they're being persecuted for their faith. That men and women die for the gospel of Jesus Christ in foreign nations. That's not brought up. Or how about this? Why is it that Planned Parenthood's in predominantly black communities, over 60% of 
of Planned Parenthoods are found in predominantly African-American communities. And it was Margaret Sanger that said in her book on eugenics that she wanted to exterminate the Negro population. Hatred exists from the foundation, folks. It's hatred. Racism stems from hatred. Bigotry stems from hatred. It's the oldest sin in the book. Yea, hath God said. Did God really say? We're not listening to him, so therefore hatred spawns. And it creates this division and it creates hatred in America. And, you know, we see situations with these cops that are doing this, right? And then we see situations like Chicago where there's so many people dying because of gun violence. It's not the gun, it's the people, it's the hatred in the heart. Or we see 60 million babies die in the womb, right? Or we see uh, 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 people bombing planes and, and we saw what happened in 9-11. Because evil exists in the heart of man. And it's up to the Christian to get out there and show them, the, demonstrate the power of God to them. Paul even said, I come unto you not with words of men's wisdom, but in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God. I don't find my faith in what man can tell me. I find my faith in what God has done for me, setting me free so now I can demonstrate that same power to the people. Does this make sense? I hope this is making sense to you guys because I'm just preaching. This Half this stuff ain't even in the notes. But that's okay. Jedediah Morris said this. He was the, uh, uh, the father of American geography. Listen to this. He said this. To the kindly influence of Christianity, we owe that degree of civil freedom and political and social happiness which mankind now enjoys. Listen to this. Whenever the pillars of Christianity shall be overthrown, our present Republican forms of government and all blessings which flow from them must fall with them. If we destroy Christianity. Did you know that in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court in 1824, there was a case, uh, it's called uh, Updegraph versus the Commonwealth. 1824, listen to what the ruling was in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. No free government now exists in this world unless Christianity is acknowledged and is the religion of the country. No free nation exists in the world unless where Christianity is acknowledged and that religion is, is in the nation. Let's go to George Washington. He was the first uh, president. Uh, he said this, the federal government can never be in danger of denigrating into a monarchy, an oligarchy, an aristocracy, or any other despotic or oppressive form, so long as there shall remain of any virtue in the body of the people. It can't go rogue, it can't go corrupt, as long as there's virtue. Do you guys know what the word virtue means in the 1828? Moral excellence. That derives from scripture, if you guys look it up. That moral excellence, virtue, comes from the scriptures. It comes from Christ, it comes from the, the Spirit of God, okay? And this is William Penn. He said this, those who will not be ruled by God will be ruled by tyrants. They weren't just saying that stuff to say that stuff. If you're not ruled by God, you will be ruled by an external force. Benjamin Franklin said something very similar. He said, if you will not be ruled by a word, you will eventually be ruled by a bayonet. If you won't be ruled by a word, you'll be ruled by a bayonet. G.K. Chesterton said this, he said, if you will not be governed by man's, or uh, I'm sorry, God's Ten Commandments, you will eventually submit to man's 10,000. These were all warnings not to scare us. They were being kind to us and saying, we've just experienced all this evil stuff. We experienced depression and what it was like. Not good. We fought for you to remain free and be free. The founders wrote the Declaration of Independence out of a place of freedom. Saying that, no, king, God creates me with rights. I am free, therefore I am telling you, you're not letting me be free. So therefore, you're the one in the wrong before God, not us. We're not the ones stopping government. We're not the ones being oppressive. You are. Therefore, we have to stand against it. You know, imagine, 
I think it was Hudson Taylor that said this. Listen to this. He said, give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and love nothing but God. He said, I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. 100 men, he said. He was that confident that that would happen. That confident that the power of God could rest on 100 men and it would shake the nation. It would shake the world because it took 12 men to turn the world upside down. That same power exists today. It exists today, right? And this is an encouragement for you tonight. Now, here's what's cool. Um, this was Thomas Paine. He said this in September uh, 1777. Listen to this. He actually said it September 11th, 1777. He said, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it. Those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it. I mean, think about it. That's a free man. These guys operated out of liberty and freedom knowing that if they died, it's okay. Stephen, when he was stoned, before he was stoned, he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He operated out of a place of freedom, man. He didn't love his life unto the death. He knew he was free. Whether persecuted or not, he lived free. He knew inside, I'm done. It doesn't matter. My conscience is free before man or before God. I'm sorry. Before God, Paul operated as a free man. That's why he could easily say we're he was on his way to Rome. He knew his mission before God. He knew he could stand before kings and say, you're not God, king. You're not God. Why do you think God broke them out of these tombs? Or I'm sorry, these jails. Because they operated out of a place of freedom. God wanted him to preach. Whatever God wants, I promise you he's going to get done what he wants. No, no, nobody's going to, who can stop that? Who is going to stop God? And it, what's funny is we try to get rid of him. We try to get rid of him. Isn't it funny? We try to get rid of him. And it always comes back to Christ anyway. We try to get rid of him. We try to snuff him out. And then you see the church rise up again, again, and again, and again. Time after time, you see them rise up. Do you know why? Because you can't snuff out truth. You can't. Civilization after civilization has tried to destroy Christianity. And still that religion remains. Always. Because you can't snuff out the spirit of God. And the hardest atheists are the ones that get converted a lot of the times. It's those that see and oppress it are the ones that taste and see that the Lord is good. And there's something beautiful about it. And dude, it's our jobs, you guys. I said, dude, our job is to go preach this gospel. Alexander Hamilton said this in 1775. The sacred rights of mankind are not to be rummaged for among old parchments and musty records. They are written as with a sunbeam in the whole volume of human nature by the hand of divinity itself and can never be erased or obscured by mortal power. You're free, folks. You know, we, we did this beautiful thing, guys, tonight where we just sat in repentance. And, you know, it's what's cool is, like, I, 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 was, I was of that camp, you know, that, that didn't... I was always afraid that God was mad at me for something, you know, like... And I don't operate like that anymore, praise God, but, like, sometimes still, you know how you get it in your heart where you're just like, Lord, I need to repent before you, man, because I'm not operating freedom. And I have this... I've admitted this before, and I'll, I'm, I'm not afraid to share, like... This hair trigger temper, man. You know, I've got this temper. And, 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 you know, people say, it gets the best of me. No, it just, it does sometimes, you know. And there's other things that I struggle with in thought. Sometimes I get bogged down by things. And... 
But there's nothing like falling at the foot of Christ, man, and saying, Lord, I'm not consciously free. I'm saved eternally, but in this world, I'm not free right now. And I need you to free me up. And there's something beautiful about confessing that before the Lord. Where it's like, Lord, I need to repent of this. I need to turn from it, Father. And Lord, I need your spirit to envelop me so that I don't walk in that. Lord, I need to walk in a meekness and a temperance. Your word says that, Father, not me. And you want me to be just like you. That's what your son died for, Father, transform me. And I'm issuing that challenge to you tonight. Are you not free spiritually to understand what freedom is in the natural? It's time to get free tonight, folks. It's time to get free to understand the price of freedom. You know, Christ endured the cross with joy and he despised the shame. And you know, there's this thing about Jesus, man, that he did it so unselfishly, you know? And, you know, sometimes you think, man, I can never measure up to that. <laughs> you know, like I'm supposed to be like him, but I can just never attain that. And uh, I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to abide in him. I'm supposed to rest in his grace, you know? And let him transform me the way I'm supposed to be transformed. And for those of you watching who aren't free, man, I am right now encouraging you to just repent of everything so that you can be free before the Lord, man. There's nothing like having the freedom of Christ and his blood wash you clean that makes you the freest person in the world. No guilt, no shame, no devil in hell can touch you. There's something so beautiful about freedom in Jesus Christ that helps you understand freedom in the natural. Because if he set me free spiritually, he also set me free naturally. You don't believe me? Why did he lead the children of Israel out of Egypt then? Because he loves and desires and sent his son to die for this thing called liberty and freedom. And I'm issuing that to you tonight. Are you bound up? Let's get free tonight, man. A lot of cool things are happening here. And I believe what happened over the last two and a half months and it's kind of continuing to happen was really exposing us where we're at. And maybe for all of us, we need to repent of some things. Maybe there's some things out there. Maybe some of you aren't even saved. It's time to get right with God, y'all. Because his kindness, because of his kindness that leads you to repentance. Because he was so merciful that he sent his son to die for you. He became a human and died so that you could be free. And he walked around in that freedom all the time. How awesome is that, you know? This Jesus that dies for you. This Jesus that sets you free. There's just... You know, my, my mind can't even comprehend that sometimes, you know, like what kind of love that is that he just dies for you and resurrects for you to give you a power from the Holy Spirit to walk in liberty, man. That power wasn't meant just for you to walk in liberty. That power was meant for you to show it off to the world, not in pride, for God's glory. So all those gifts, all these things happening, man, were for his glory. So maybe some of us, Gosh, man, you know, maybe some of us really need to get right here. And I'm offering that to you tonight. Like, just get right before God. Tell him, you know, man, I'm, I'm lost, Lord. I'm just lost, you know, I don't understand. I don't get it, you know, and Lord have mercy on me when I don't get it. And tell him everything, dude. He, you think he don't know? He wants you to put it at the foot of the cross. Let him absolve it by his blood and let him wash you clean and envelop you with the spirit to walk in freedom. And that happens, too, 
in the natural. When I realize what men and women fought and died for in this nation, I realize more and more I operate out of a place of freedom and liberty. I operate out of liberty now. I operate free. I'm not operating to be free. I'm operating because I'm free. Amen? I hope you guys were ministered to this, and, and I, I want to pray us out. We don't do this. Yeah, we do. We actually do it often now. Um, but I want to pray with you guys, and I want you guys to join me in prayer for this nation, for this nation and for the church, the body of Jesus Christ. And I want you guys to pray earnestly, and I want us to like really get into prayer right now and share this with your friends because there's a lot of your friends that aren't saved, and I hope this ministers to them. I want people to be saved, man. Like The Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. Christ wins the souls. I'm just, we just talk, you know? We talk about his goodness and his faithfulness. So I'm going to pray real quick. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the spirit of God. And I'm calling on the foundations of our country, Father. Some men were bad. Some, some were terrible. And many of them, Father, knew Christ. And Father, we can't negate the national sins that are happening in America. We just can't. And Father, I as a, as a person here repent and will call it out, Lord, and say, man, we are full of sin in this nation, Lord. We have so many things that hinder us from you, Lord, that separate us from God. And sometimes I wonder, how can we be blessed by God if we allow these national sins? Lord, I'm only one man. You know, Pastor Todd's only one man. You know, my, my wife's only one person. There's people here, Lord. Only, there's only one of us, Lord. But Father, you said, Father, that where I'm weak, you're strong. Thomas Jefferson said, Father, that one man with God is a majority. Lord, and I thank you for the majority to rise in Christ now. I thank you, God, you embolden them. I thank you, you strengthen them, and you call out their giftings. It doesn't matter if it's political to me. It matters if it's spiritual, Lord, and you birth it, Lord. And I thank you for the burdens in their hearts. I thank you for grace, Lord. I thank you for your understanding, and I thank you for the Spirit of Christ to, 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 to come into us, Father, and to baptize us afresh. And Lord, give us a new reason, a new purpose, Father. I thank you for our identity in Jesus Christ. I thank you that we repent of our sins nationally. Lord, we lay them at your feet, Father, and I pray you wash us clean. And that, Lord, everywhere we go, we can preach of your goodness and your kindness and your mercy, Father. And that we understand your word more and more, Father, that we're enveloped in that spirit by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Lord, again, Lord, protect us. But Father, Lord, a lot of people don't know what they do. Like Christ even said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I thank you for all those mothers, Father, that are questioning about their kids and, you know, abortions. Father, I thank you that they turn away from that. I thank you for our politicians, Father, who should be statesmen. And I pray for the wisdom of Christ in them. We're supposed to pray for our leaders, Father. Even those that, Father, act out of wickedness, I thank you, God, you haunt them in their sleep. And I mean this, Lord. I pray that you haunt them in their sleep, that they would only know the Spirit of God. And I mean dreams. I pray you give them dreams and visions of Christ. In Jesus' name. And I thank you that we return to that document called the Constitution. That we return to the Bible again and the Spirit of God again. In Jesus' name. Lord, bless this time. Bless the viewers. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Uh, God bless you guys again. We'll see you guys on Sunday at 7 o'clock. We'll do the podcast again. And um, again, if this ministered to you, please share it. If you guys go on to theselfevidenttruth.com, you guys will see more information about us. 
uh, and what we're doing out there. And we want to continue this ministry to flourish and grow. And uh, But share the video. Get it out there to other people. Let's see if, uh, you know, souls need to be saved, folks. That's where freedom and liberty starts. Amen. God bless you guys.